0: Welcome to the show. In this episode, I have a conversation with Fairbanks skate legend, Josh Poe. Josh got a taste for skate culture as an army brat in Germany, where he spent a lot of time skipping school to skate with friends. He got to Alaska in 2005 by way of the Air Force and caught the tail end of the Borderline era, years that were marked by substantial growth in the Alaska snow and skate scene. After Borderline went out of business in 2006, Josh recognized that a void was left in the Fairbanks skate scene, so he and a few friends started Mission Board Shop. Mission was around for about four years. Drastic changes in retail and a small community ultimately made it impossible for a small shop to stay afloat. Okay, this is the part of the intro where I give a shout out to the Crude Company men. These are the people who have subscribed to the Crude Patreon for $50 or more. Trina Duber, Seward Brewing Company. David North, Crystal Liska, Derek Adolf, Blue and Gold Board Shop, Shane Robinson, Sharon Liska, and Scott Liska. Thank you to everyone for your support. This podcast would not be possible without you. If you would like to subscribe and help this podcast keep going, go to www.patreon.com slash crude magazine. That's patreon.com slash crude magazine and pick the subscription tier that works for you. And if you have a chance, a review on iTunes also helps a lot. Okay, back to Josh Poe. I called him at his home in Fairbanks, a kind of adventure compound in the woods where he and his family skateboard, come up with stunts, and generally just have a good time. Using a hotspot on his phone, he connected a mic to his son's computer, and we talked about skateboarding, Using one of those pre-approved credit cards you get in the mail to start a skate shop in North Pole, Alaska, and the time he met Animal Chin, the wise old man from the classic skate video, The Search for Animal Chin. So here he is, Josh Poe. Mike is hot. Mike's hot. Mike's hot. Is it recording? That's what that means, dude.
1: Crew conversations. Listen more, then you talk. Go to
0: work!
1: All right, Josh Poe.
0: What is up? Welcome to the show, man.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so psyched to be on it, and yeah, this, is, this will be fun. How are you? I'm good. Good. Just been up working a bunch and kind of hurt back right now, but uh, doing well. It's a nice, beautiful day up here in Fairbanks, and... Doing very good. You've been skating a lot at all? Uh, yeah, I've taken it easy the last couple of weeks. Like I said, my back's kind of been in pain. I always go on and off with pain, but uh, I get out when I can. It's pretty busy with a bunch of kids and trying to balance and juggle everything. But, yeah, I, I get out when I can. I think I went skateboarding while well, we were camping with the kids uh, last weekend, which was fun. It's dirt skateboarding.
0: Dirt skateboarding?
1: Oh yeah, just pushing around, finding rocks to skateboard on, or just pushing down dirt trails or bombing hills. Nothing technical, just fun skateboarding.
0: Dude, right on! Just getting out there and doing it for for the love of it. How
1: often are you able to continue doing that? Just dirtboarding or just skateboarding. I mean, so I live up in the hills, and so we don't have a whole lot of concrete, and so the kids and I always just build ramps and. And put plywood down or skate down uh, the driveway, that which is all dirt, or find a hill to bomb that's you know, that's uh, just packed gravel or whatever. I mean, we just skate what we can, skate in our yard. And, but yeah, we make it into town every now and again and get some actual skateboarding in. And how many kids do you have? I have seven. And actually, seven kids. Uh, and I haven't told anybody this, but I got another one on the way I just found out. No way, dude! Congratulations! Thank you. We're excited. You know, I, I've I've seen photos
0: and videos you post on social media, like skating and snow skating with your kids. Uh,
1: what's it like to share, you know, these lifelong passions of yours
0: with your kids? Oh man,
1: it's it's the best. I mean, like nobody wants to push their their passion on on their kids or anything, but I think I just been doing it not really pushing it on my kids and they just see how much fun I'm having. And they want to join too. And so, I mean, all, all of them love, and they see me out shredding their yard. They are like, Oh, I'm going to go out there and we just go out there and have a, have a blast together. And, and it's, yeah, I think family that shreds together stays together. It just, it's something that uh, we all love to do. I, I think it's great to see it getting passed down and, and then picking it up and making their own passion. Has there
0: been moments hanging out with your kids teaching them how to skate to snow skate to snowboard, where you're just like you can see them getting that same passion that you got when you were their age
1: Oh oh, for sure, for sure I mean the way i I don't really teach them to skateboard I get like pointers and whatnot, but I like to like just go for it, figure it out you know like we we'll bomb this hill or give them ideas like, hey, why don't you bomb this hill? Hey, why don't you try to ollie the set? And they're like, kind of like, oh, I don't know. Just, just do it. You'll be all right. I've been doing it for a long time. You'll be fine. And so I encourage them. And, and yeah, they do it. And they ride away. And they're just, and you can see that look in their eyes like, wow, that actually worked. Like, that was the most amazing feeling ever. And then soon you see them just doing it on their own. They're like, yeah, I want to jump off stuff. I just want to go jump off the roof and, and. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's great to see them taking it on, and I haven't been too scared for him yet, but I'm sure there's going to be a point like, um, I mean, I've actually had to be the fun buster a few times, and be like, no, I don't think we should be playing with gasoline, <laughs> and, or at least be safe about playing with the gasoline, and, and so, but yeah, I, I think it's a blast. Be safe playing with the gasoline. Well, I mean, I I like to be around (laughs) as least like the fire marshal. I mean, if they come up with a good stunt or good idea, I'll let them run it by me and then we'll uh, we'll do it safely and nobody gets seriously hurt.
0: Uh, A couple years back, you were at Tailgate Alaska up in Thompson Pass. Mm -hmm. And you were snow skating and your kids were there and the piece of wood that you guys were landing on was eventually lit on fire. Is that oh, yeah. some of the... <laughs> is that some of the... Uh, the fire shenanigans you're talking about?
1: Yeah, just stuff like that. It's it's really not too dangerous, but it's just fun to add that added little danger to it. And, and yeah, we just... We do things like that, and I always try to... i made enough mistakes doing it the wrong way, so I know... Like, okay, we shouldn't have the gasoline downwind or downhill of the fire. I I was actually doing a stunt once with a buddy. I was he was uh I wanted to get a shot of him longboarding through this huge fire and he's holding the chainsaw. And so we just had a puddle of gas and it lit it up. And then I was like, right, I need to have the gas can away from it. Anyways, there's like a trench that runs down the hill, and the fumes had gathered into the trench and it just starts lights up and starts running towards the gas can. And I seen it going, I was like, no, cause we're outside in the forest. And I was like, man, if this thing goes up, we're going to start like huge fire. This could be bad news bears. And so I run and I snagged this gas can just in time. And yeah, luckily nobody was hurt. Nothing was burned down. And we got a cool photo out of it. So our mutual buddy, Brandon Smith
0: helped yeah. me out with with uh, questions for this, and he mentioned that you have a compound in the woods.
1: Oh yeah, it's the, the the front yard and backyard. Yeah, we just I was telling you earlier, we just kind of build stuff all over the place, just from plywood that we find at the dump, or ramps that I built over the years, or rails that got thrown away, and and we'll just build thing after thing after thing. And um, I guess my favorite one is i got this bridge that it built like it goes to a tree probably like a 20 foot bridge 20 foot long bridge and it goes up to a tree that's got a quarter so that the quarter pipe is this stupid steep quarter i built way back in the day just i don't know why i built it so steep and uh and so the quarter is sitting on the bridge which is probably about a good i don't know six seven feet off the ground And then the top of the quarter, it's like another seven foot quarter. So you're good, you know, 15 feet or so off the ground when you get to the top. But yeah, it's a fun little sketchy ramp to skate. And then I got a few handrails and launch ramps and we usually just snow skate out there. It's, it's kind of, I don't, I don't really have a lot of time or money to get out to the hills all the time or to get out and, do serious sessions, but my house is just so convenient. I can build whatever I want. I don't get kicked out. I can pyrotechnics if I want. I can, yeah, I mean, I can do anything out there. So yeah, I, I love my yard and just, and I can do it with my kids too. So I think it's just a perfect spot.
0: I know you would never say this, so I'll just say it for you, but you're you're a local legend when it comes to skating, man.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. There's there's so I there's so many dudes that are so much better than me. That I just I've been doing it for a long time. I think that's what I got going for me. But I think as far as like skill goes, and I don't, there's so many dudes that are so good. Like Gary is amazing. That dude is such a good skateboarder. Gary Galbraith. Josh Chavez. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that dude is so good. Or is it Galbraith? Josh Chavez. Galbraith. Galbraith. Okay. I, think. I just called Gary. You just call him Gary. Um, <laughs> everybody knows who Gary is. <laughs> Sorry. Um Uh yeah. I just I just have fun and just like to be creative and but yeah, I go out skating with those guys sometimes. I'm like, what in the world? How are you guys so good? Like it's amazing the tricks they just do effortlessly. I was like, Man, that would take me like hours and hours and hours to try to do that. Just fill me to part with with Brandon this year was, man, that was just so much work. And I mean, it's fun. I love doing it, but so much work and yeah, I bet those guys probably like tried any trick I was doing. Like, eh, I could have done that like third try, but that's, I don't know. I just love skateboarding for the, cause it's fun.
0: So how do you think skate culture in general has changed since you started?
1: Oh, it's, it's gone it's gotten a lot of ups and downs and i i think for the most part it's uh gotten a lot better i love how and some of the older guys would not agree with me when i say this but how weird it's gotten it's gotten a lot more weird maybe that's thanks to the internet i've always been a fan of the weird style skateboarding like the weird tricks that everybody thinks are kooky and i was like oh dude i love watching that somebody doing benihanas and stupid finger flips and stuff like that like it's gotten a lot more weirder, and and it's progressed so much. And I guess the skate culture in, in Fairbanks and Alaska has gotten a, a lot better, too. I mean, it died out for a while. I guess probably about 10 years ago is probably at its low point, and it's definitely picking back up now. I mean, during the borderline days, I'm sure skateboarding was just huge, everybody's out street skating trying to get on a clip in the borderline videos and and then borderline went under and and then uh yeah i kind of faded out for a while i think it's grown i'm psyched on it do you think that
0: is getting back
1: to what it was uh no it's never going to be like where it started it's so mainstream now but there's all these like sub of skateboarding and it's uh There's a lot more variety in it. Like, there's all kinds of different types of hip-hop and all kinds of type of metal and different punk, and, like, there's so many sub-genres of it. And so you can follow a more specific uh, type of skateboarding, I think, that you like to watch or see. I mean, I like to watch all skateboarding, but especially local stuff. That's probably my favorite thing to see grow is the locals shredding.
0: And do you see in local... Skating, is there people kind of subscribing to all different kinds of genres of skating as well?
1: Oh, yeah. I think everybody picks up a little bit of something, and that's for sure. I mean, you should never be so close-minded that you can't enjoy every part of skateboarding. And that's probably the most entertaining to watch, I think, is somebody that does goofy tricks but is super technical or can do super technically – Nar tricks that are goofy, you know that that's super fun to watch as well
0: the same thing is happening in snowboarding where you have what I've called like this genretization of snowboarding, right. and it seems like what you're talking about happening in the skateboard industry is very similar, and so it's expanded the sport
1: right right and yeah you, you definitely see that in snowboarding too and There's specific, like, rail brands, you know, or big mountain brands. And just like with skateboarding, like, there's the weird brand, like, the fancy lad guys. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's their whole deal is just doing weird tricks. Super entertaining to watch. I love watching those dudes just cutting their boards up and making weird different type of boards. And and then there's just the big companies that's got all the big hitters, like Nyjah. I've been watching that kid skate. Actually, I've been watching him skate since... He was like a tiny, tiny kid before he was even uh, in magazines or anything. Mm-hmm. I was in California and his parents owned a park a little north of us and we'd go see him. And I'd see this little, little guy with long old dreadlocks just destroying the skate park. And then over the years, they're like, oh, I see, hey, I knew that kid. i see seen him in magazines. 96 to, or 97 to like 2001 or something. That's when I lived there. And, yeah, he would just destroy it. And he's, he's insanely good now. It's crazy. I mean, but he grew up in a skate park, literally. It's cool seeing how, because he's got brothers that that skate too, and they shred. I always thought that was so rad. Like, man, it's like a, such a skate family. And uh it's like before I had any kids or anything. I think I might have had one. But, yeah.
0: You know, I think that's that's such a new thing. Where you have, like you just said, a skate family where everybody in the family skates. It's this kind of normalized thing that didn't exist when you first started skating.
1: Oh, no way. No way. Yeah. When I started, it was still, it wasn't the cool thing at all to do. It was like, I was, I was psyched to find it. It was like the secret club that I found like, oh, this is skateboarding. And just still, you get picked on at school and it was like this really obscure thing. But now it's gotten a lot more normalized. I mean, on at, at the same side, it's still, it's crazy how hassled or how many bad looks you get just for skateboarding. Like, I was telling when Brandon were and I were on some filming missions this winter and summer, I was like, dude, we probably, why do we get looks like we're, we're meth heads every time we go somewhere? Like, we go to a spot and we get kicked out and, like, so lame that we get, I have to, feel like that. i don't like being a jerk to people i don't like being portrayed as a jerk like i just want to shred a little bit I'm just try to hit this handrail dude like mm-hmm. and but yeah it's grown a lot but people still aren't psyched on it not everybody's psyched on it
0: yeah and and you being a father of seven about to be eight you know you're you're responsible you have a job and instead of you know playing soccer or hockey which are more accepted than skating, you're skating. And right. you're getting kicked out of these spots, and, you know, I guess the the optics of that is that you're a troublemaker, you know?
1: Right, right. Yeah, I know, and I, I hate that feeling. And most of the time I get kicked out, is somebody by, like, almost half my age, and I'm just, like, I'm so bummed. It's like, man, I'm not a bad guy. Like, like I just want to skateboard a little bit. Like, it's just one of those activities, like, if I was playing basketball somewhere, would it be like so looked down upon? Or that's that's another reason we, we've been pushing to try to get a skate park in Fairbanks for a while now. And, and I hope this works out soon. We're, we've had this small little skate park and it's so hard to have fun sometimes at that park. It'd be nice to have a nice concrete park that I can just, you know, get my weekly exercise in and learn a trick or two.
0: And you're on the board for the
1: Fairbanks Skateboard Coalition, skate right? Right, right. Yeah, we've been trying to raise money for it and and get this going. The borough says they don't have a whole lot of money or help to, to make this thing happen. So we're trying to do it all our, on our own and get different corporations to help. It's, man, it's not, not easy. The borough's not making it easy either. They... It's, it's just a lot and I'm just, it's been a little frustrating lately to, yeah, just to jump through legal hoops and, I mean, dealing with, uh, risk management,
0: God <laughs> grief, those guys,
1: risk management, like, seriously, that's, that's your job is to not have fun. I, I don't know. I don't understand that at all. Like, if you're not risking anything, what, what, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> So what types and, yeah. of things do you have to deal with for risk management on your end? Oh, man. So we're just trying to do an event for Go Skateboarding Day at the skate park. And they're like, oh, you got to have insurance. It's going to cost this insane amount of money. And you can't have music because that doesn't cover it on the insurance policy. And these ramps. You can't have ramps there. You can't do this. You can't do that. I was like, how is this even an event anymore? Like, we're trying to show the town that we're we're here and we want to make an event and so people see it and they're conscious of it and they want to help out but just man insurance is crazy like they are not working with us and just getting these legal forms to Man, it's just one thing after another I think just like anything though it's just like a you go to a spot you try to get a trick and you just gotta keep trying trying take a slam get up try it again get up try it again sometimes it's takes you a couple of hours and sometimes it takes you i think it's been 10 years we've been trying to get a skate park but we're gonna get one whether it's a diy park somewhere or or it's, it's gonna be a legit one so you just kind of alluded to this but what have you learned
0: from skateboarding that has transcended to your to your life as an adult,
1: um, that life hurts just like skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think just like I said, just trying, keeping with something, and you gotta keep going and keep going, no matter how hard it is. You gotta keep just with a, a marriage. Like it's not always easy, it's not always fun, but it's something if you keep trying, you're going to, it's going to have a payoff. It's going, to you're going to have this beautiful, um, relationship and, and just like raising kids, you gotta, sometimes there's ups and sometimes there's downs and you guys keep trying. And yeah, I think, I mean, even for me to keep on skateboarding has been like a challenge over these years. Just, there's been so many, uh, things that kept me from doing it. I mean, my wife's not always psyched on I me mean, going out skateboarding. I get home late and I'm just barely moving. I'm like, oh, I'm hurting, hurting, or just being gone from skateboarding. I always wanted to get her this shirt. I love my wife. She's been so supportive of me skateboarding for so long. She could have just called it quits a long time ago, but she hasn't, and you know, the Thrasher shirt, it's like a picture of a girl says, Oh god, why doesn't my boyfriend skate? <laughs> I wanted to get a a shirt that says, Oh god, why does my boyfriend skate? Why does my husband skate, you know? And they're crying. That's probably more accurate depiction of of it. A grown man skateboarding still.
0: Dude, we're gonna need to make that shirt happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be psyched, I think. <laughs> Consolidated skateboards made a shirt that said skateboarding ruined my life. And I bought it and I gave it to her. <laughs> no, she loves it. She, I mean, yeah, but not all the time.
0: You know something that, that Brandon told me? He said that you lived in Germany when you were a teenager.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's probably where I started uh, skateboarding the most, or that's where, like, my high school years, and just I started a skate crew, and yeah, that's probably where got heavy into the skateboard drug and uh yeah it was a blast we would i mean public transportation in europe is insanely good i mean we'd skip school and we'd literally get on a on a train and go across the country we'd skate these nice beautiful marble ledges just all day long just goof off all over germany and then we'd jump on a train to make it back for dinner and mom and dad be like how was school Oh, it was great. Just, <laughs> yeah, that was such an experience. I mean, because I was I was a military brat, so there was a bunch of other military brats, and we all just explored all over Europe together. And we had I had some German friends, and yeah, that, that this was back, and so it was at ninety seven to no, like ninety six to no, had to be further back than that, ninety five to ninety eight or something like that.
0: Ninety five to ninety eight. Okay.
1: Yeah, ninety five ninety eight. And um yeah, it, it was just the early years of skateboarding, giant pants, small wheels. or um, not early years of skateboarding, but that year, you know. And it was such a good time, a good experience. Made little skate videos using the VHS tapes and the giant uh, camcorders and editing with like the two date the tape decks. Such a pain. Like I still got a copy of it somewhere, and it's just static, and it just looks gross. Between each clip, it's like... Just this gnarly looking... But anyways, I mean, it was memories. Yeah, I I think still some of those friends skate, actually. Do you stay
0: in contact with any of your buddies from Germany?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, I see them on Facebook every now and again, but I always... I got friends all over the place. I'm always inviting them hey, come visit me in Alaska. Come visit me in Alaska. Because, I mean, me traveling all over the place with seven children is not like the easiest thing to do. So and Alaska, it's kind of like the vacation place. And I, I love having the excuse for people to come visit me so I can tour them all over and I get to explore my, my own backyard. So was there a skate culture in Germany at all? Oh, definitely there was definitely a skate culture. Yeah. It, I mean, it was like typical mid nineties, like culture, you know, there wasn't a whole lot, but there was a crew. You see somebody skateboarding, even in a giant town, but, Oh, I know that guy because there's so few of you. And yeah, they had a little, uh, skate park. It was like, they called it Schlachthof, which is German for slaughterhouse. It was mm-hmm. an old slaughterhouse and they, put a, a mini ramp in there and just covered graffiti, uh, it was in Wiesbaden, Germany. And so I think that was the graffiti capital of the world during that era. So, and the Schlachthof was like where everybody went to like, show off their art or their skills. But yeah, it was this crazy place, just covered graffiti and ramps. And I remember it was my, I think it was my freshman year of high school, of course, skipping school and we, i think it was the last day of school too skipping school went down there we're skating and i ended up falling just falling back on the mini ramp and i snapped my arm right in half compound fracture bones popping out of my arms like no 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 my parents was like my parents are gonna find out i am skipping school and yeah it was a bad deal i think i had that cast on all summer long and just ruined my whole summer i guess i didn't let it ruin it because i i kept skating on it and swimming in it, on it, and ended up breaking it again. And it was almost a full year. I had this cast in my arm, but uh now I think my arm's still a little crooked from that, like thirty or twenty years ago. Jeez, you broke it again? Um, no, I mean not recently, but when I was still in a cast, I got in a fight with my friend, and I, I swung on him, and my hand, my arm, hit his head, and brap. Snapped it again. I was like, "Man, so bummed." Jeez, that's so gnarly. <laughs> it happens, I guess. It's stupid, being dumb, being a dumb kid.
0: So, what was it like when you got to Fairbanks?
1: Like, what was that scene like to you? So, I got to Fairbanks. I think it was '05. It was. uh So I I remember before I was I was because I was in the Air Force and. I was stationed in New Jersey prior to that, and I got orders to Alaska. I was like, oh, cool, it's Alaska. Didn't know anything about it, but I was like, oh, dude, that's gonna be cold. I bet you nobody even skates. Super bummed. I think they had Myspace at the time, so I was kinda looking up on Myspace, and and I chatted with my, my best bud now, Nick Merlot, and I was like, hey, you guys are from Fairbanks. There's somebody that skateboards. This is sweet, and I discovered the old uh, borderline forums, and it's like, hey, there kind of is a culture here. This is cool. So I was, I was kind of psyched. Um, so we drove across the US and then got on the ferry from Bellingham, Washington. And we ended up stopping in Juneau on the way up. And I went into the borderline in Juneau and I s- swooped up a copy of Nice Gordon. And I remember watching that on this tiny little, like, portable DVD player on the boat. I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" And nice Gourds," I, I love that video. Just the storyline yeah. and everything. And so I, I was pretty psyched on it, and I was just just watched it over and over again. I was like, "Man, it's not going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be." So I get up to Fairbanks, and it was the winter time, and I skated the indoor park, Joel's place, for a couple times, and. Uh, and yeah, I went into borderline a few times and then I think it was like that spring or something borderline shut down. Like as soon as I got here and I, I knew I was like, dude, that's what holds a skate community together is the shop. I was like, no, dude, this can't, ha- can't be happening and I was pretty bummed out. And I was like a few days later, I get one of the, like those junk email credit cards. It's like you're approved for $15,000 with credit card. Most of the time you just throw them away, right? It's like that's gonna be a rip off. the The interest rates is gonna be insane, and which it was. So I was like, "Well, I'll pay it off," and there had these delusions that I was gonna just pay it off real quick if I started a skate shop with that money. So I started a skate shop, Mission Board Shop, in in North Pole. Just the worst idea. Just why North Pole? Why would I do that? I don't know. This crappy little spot. But it's funny, like people from Fairbanks all kind of like flocked to it, and we had a mini ramp, and, and it kind of didn't really make any money. Got to supply the community still. I kept the kept it going a little bit, kept the scene going a little bit, and I had a mini ramp to skate, and uh, so yeah, I got to meet a lot of people that way, um, and and as a North Pole for a while, and um, Frank Deo and Paul Evans talk to me and they're like hey we want to go in but you should get out of north pole i mean i was completely clueless i was like what's wrong with north pole you know like it's just tiny little town like why so we moved to to fairbanks and yeah we we did that for another i think it's three or four years we were doing mission board shop losing money for three or four years and then we finally just (laughs) called it quits i mean we did we had such a blast doing that and that's how I met everybody in the, in the skate culture. And it was a tight-knit culture. And it was cool meeting all those dudes that i seen in the Nice Gordon video, like Shane and, and James Reeves. I don't know if I met James Reeves before he moved, but there was a bunch of dudes I got to meet um, that i seen in Nice Gordon. And I just thought that was so rad. Do you have any stories from
0: those Mission Board Shop days? that, like, really stick out in your mind?
1: I mean, I don't think about that. What's a, what's a good mission board shop story? I know, we'd always fly in by the seat of our pants. I know we'd, like, hardly sell anything. Or not hardly, but we'd be psyched when we sold a couple completes and be like, sweet, we're getting beer and pizza tonight, you know? And so the boys and I would just hang out and have beer and pizza. Um, so, oh, I got a good one. So when we were in Fairbanks we were on the downstairs floor of uh, this big building. And upstairs there was this like mixed martial arts gym or whatever you want to call it. And these guys were just, and every day like at five o'clock, right when all the customers would come in, you just hear boom, boom, boom. And the ceiling is just pounding. you're like, dude, this is insane. Just so bummed on it. And then one day, boom, boom, the ceiling tiles just start falling, boom, breaking our glass and just, like, going nuts. Everything's breaking the uh, display cases and just customers are dodging out of the way and jumping for cover. And it's like, what is going on? So we go running upstairs and we're telling this mixed martial arts gym, hey, dude, stop, our ceiling's falling. We don't care. And there's like, typical, like, muscle heads and, like, God, I was so bummed. And they kept going and just tiles kept falling. That was one of them.
0: So what was the, what was the outcome of that? Was there like a showdown?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, a bunch of <laughs> we're like, um, okay, I guess you're gonna keep doing that, and we can't really do nothing about what we're what we gonna do to a bunch of mixed martial art <laughs> guys. You know what I mean? I think they ended up paying for they it all buffed out. They ended up paying for our display case that got broken. But yeah, so there was that for a while, and what what I don't know. Trade shows were always fun. We'd just go to the trade shows, maybe just feeding us booze. Any company like Burton would just be feeding us booze, and then, hey, you should, gee, I should order all this stuff. And you're like, yeah. And you're talking to like all these big name pros. Yeah, we should. And so we order all this crap, and then not crap, but then we could sell it. And I don't know. We just kind of starstruck and like, dude, this is this is crazy. Seeing all these dudes we grew up watching on snowboard videos, and now they're talking to us. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a good time and it, we we were making videos and I think that was kind of, it helped keep the, the skate culture going and Frank and Paul, yeah, those guys are amazing to stick with it as long as they did. Still friends with those guys. And yeah, so we were without a, a shop for after mission for Fairbanks was a, without a shop. I don't know, probably. A good eight years or so and then Bart's opened up just last summer. Bart's board shop. Yeah. Cool little like a, kept it small I mean they asked me about advice and I was like man just start small that's, you don't want to get too big for your britches and then you're just like not making the sales and you got all, all this inventory and because I mean Fairbanks is tiny. We still got such a small skate community comparatively to like you guys down in Anchorage and but I think it's a its a really tight community, though. You know, you said that you started Mission
0: because there was this void, you know, left by Borderline in Fairbanks, and then Mission was around until it wasn't around, and then it was eight years till BART's recently, you know, started. And so, I mean, what what is the importance of having that local shop?
1: Man, it's... It's huge. It really is. And like Jason was saying on your, on the crew podcast while back, like it, it just brings people together and you're pouring into the community. You're doing events. You're trying to make things happen. You're trying to grow the skate community. It's, it's so huge. It's what makes or breaks a community. And yeah, that's what the community revolves around, especially a community like ours. Like we don't have a, a, a decent skate park where there's like uh, the local hangout. When I, when I was living in California, there was this, such a skate park culture where everybody would hang out and you just meet up with everybody there and, and shred the park all day. But a town like ours where there's not really a, a decent skate park or a decent spot to meet up per se, like the this, this skate shop is the spot where you go to see all the homies and see the latest videos and pick up your gear and, and see what's everybody, what everybody's up to. Um, so it's essential just as far as meeting up with everybody and just what the shop does for the community. And it pushes the, uh, how skateboarding grows because everybody's like, oh, I want to get on the the borderline team. Everybody wanted to get on the borderline team and just like any shop, like, oh, I want to get on the mission team. I want to get on the Barts team, you know, like, so you got that. Um, ambition to just go out and get better at it. I mean, skateboarding's not a team sport, but it can definitely have fun with your friends. And you get that you get that title or like, yeah, dude, I'm on the team. You're part of something, like something to work toward, like you earned it, you know? hmm
0: I think that, that skateboarding and snowboarding are pretty unique in that way that it's very – uh Like, you have to really be self-propelling yourself to to keep going at it when you don't have friends involved in it. And when you do have friends involved in it, you guys all kind of, you know, really support each other and tell each other, you know, like, oh, that was sick. You know, like, even just, like, all of your homies, like, clapping
1: their hands after you land a trick. Like, it can't be overstated how important that is. Oh, that is such a good feeling when you're out trying a trick and... I mean, you're getting just beat and beat and beat and beat. And then you finally stomp, feel that the bolts, feel the wheels under your feet and you're rolling away. For one, you know, it's over. You're the pain is over and you were dedicated enough to roll away from the trick. And then plus all your friends are like, yeah, because they know the feeling of of rolling away and they're all psyched for you. And you just you're pumped, too. So, yeah, no, it's it's great having friends to, to skate with.
0: Okay, so this is kind of out of left field, but I heard you have horrible luck with vehicles.
1: Oh, man. I've gone through, I go through vehicles like they're skateboards, dude. Like, I've had so many minivans. I just, just recently, I think the past month, I've had gone through three vehicles. Yeah, three vehicles. I wrecked one, my daughter wrecked one, motor went out on the another one. And I I think it's, I'm always driving sketchy mobiles, just beaters. I've never had a really nice one, I think is probably my problem. And I'm probably a horrible driver as well. Yeah, dude. I just go through so many vehicles. It sucks. If I could get a sponsor from like a used car dealership, I'd be psyched.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to some used car dealerships.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, no, I wrecked quite a few of them. I think one of the first ones I wrecked was, or here's a back to a mission story. When I had mission, um, somebody came in. They're like, "Hey, uh, I got this minivan. What, what can I trade you for this minivan?" I was like, uh, "How about a pair of shoes and a board?" <laughs> so I traded him this like beat up minivan, and then I think it's like the next weekend. I Vince is I don't know, three or four of us. Three or four more people to go down on a trip to anchorage like dude let's go film on a filming mission and we're gonna go film stuff down in anchorage and yeah the steering is just super loose on it and um i was turning left on like off the highway going down towards anchorage and this truck tried to pass me and we just got t-boned super bad like it literally i don't think anybody's wearing seat belts or anything it was bad But yeah, we all just walked away and that was, that was one of the, one of the bad, the worst ones, but yeah, van was totaled. We had it camping out of this campground and the guy that hit me didn't want to give me his insurance and man, it was such a pain, but we ended up getting this nice, like Escalade or some super nice SUV for the rest of the trip from the rental company. Score. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun trip. So
0: I was also told that you have a story about meeting Animal Chin.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that one that was pretty wild.
0: Before we get into it, uh for the people who might not be familiar
1: with Animal Chin, who is he? Animal in search of Animal Chin. Um it's the old Powell Peralta skate video. And it's just I don't I don't know if he is necessarily even a real guy, like in the video or like I don't like I'm not really even super familiar with the video. I've seen it a few times, but yeah, just on the cover of it, it's, have you seen him? The, have you seen him stickers? It's just like this small Chinese guy with this hat It says, have you seen him? And that was animal chin. And so when I lived in Yuba city, California, had a nice big concrete skate park. And yeah, I just lived at that place, but we'd see pros roll in all the time, seeing Brandon Beeble and uh, Chris and, and just a lot of guys, anyways. One night we were just skating the park, and uh, this guy, this short guy in a Boy Scouts uniform, comes rolling in and he's like, Oh, how you do? How you doing? How you doing? I was like, Oh, pretty good. Like, Oh, you guys are ripping out here. I was like, Oh, sweet, thanks, man. So, like, yeah, I'm here with the Boy Scouts and blah blah blah. He said, "I'm Animal Chin." I was like, "Oh, sure you are. Yeah, nice to meet you." I thought was just some crazy, like animal. Like I don't know why he said that. Why would you say that? <laughs> okay, sure, you're Animal Chin. Like, and I was like, "Well, you want to skate dude? He's like, "Oh, no, no, no. If I jump, I, I think I'll crap my pants." I was like, okay. <laughs> he's like, and and I was like, uh, "I don't think you're Animal Chin." And like, I was kind of giving him crap, you know. And he's like, "No, I am." And he. So check this out, and he walked out to the car in the, in the parking lot. Let's get out there, and he's like, "Check this out," and he shows me a photo of him and Danny Way. And it, I mean, this is before like Photoshop and anything. I was like, "What in the world?" He's like, "Oh, I got these medals too." I was like, "What is going on?" It was yeah, I was just blown away. I was like, "This guy's really Animal Chin." Like, so, so in search of Animal Chin, I found. Yep, I found Animal Chin.
0: How did that feel?
1: <laughs> it, it felt pretty good. I didn't get any superpowers or anything, but I felt like every time I see one of those stickers in Search of Animal Channel, I was like, nah, "Been there, done that." Stomped it. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> well, right on, dude. This this has been great, man. I mean, do you um do you have anything else you'd like to add before you before you wrap it up, or
1: maybe we didn't cover something that you wanted to? Um. Man, i feel like there was something i wanted to what was it i guess just um yeah living in california i could tell you a, a skate park story california yeah a big gang war skate park story so yeah when i lived in yuba city california i basically lived at the skate park this concrete park is one of the first ones in like uh early 90s to be built in northern california and yeah just amazing park and so there's this just culture of like everybody hung out there before the internet like i not before the internet but before smartphones and everything i would call the payphone, which was like it's an outdoor park and so somebody would answer hey where's bobby at and that's how we'd get a hold of each other you know and but yeah just it was just so many crazy things that would go on so yuba city was named by thrasher as like what do they call it the home of the 12 year old crackhead and the 13 year old prostitute or something messed up like that like but it there were some sketchy things that always happened out there and and so one time we had i guess the skaters quote unquote had beef with the the hicks of the town you know and so man all these cowboys come out and they're like heard you beat up our friend oh oh we beat up this dude because he had like the swastika tattoo and he was like just talking trash to my friend and and so anyways blah 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 beef and so they came out and just hordes of like bronco after bronco after pickup and they're like oh man and so we all get out into the parking lot and then all these hicks come out and they just it's just like they were destroying us just dropping everybody. I got socked in the face, just dropped. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And helicopter starts flying over, it's spotlight. It was like a scene from a movie, like spotlight's going on. And I was like, no, man down. I'm just trying to like drag friends out of it and just getting kicked and yeah. I guess that was probably the craziest story of that. Scapegoat.
0: So how did it end?
1: Oh, we got beat up and then they left.
0: <laughs> like how many people against how many people?
1: Oh, so it was, oh, there's probably like, 10 of us, 10 skateboarders, and there had to be, like, probably 30 of these hicks. Just my buddy's teeth got kicked out, and I had a black eye and a couple concussions. Some other dudes had concussions, and, man, it was... But whatever it happens, I guess. <laughs> and I guess that's the only entertaining story I can think of off the top of my head right now.
0: That's pretty crazy. You know, I feel like... I feel like you've had a pretty crazy life, dude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, when you can refer like passively to something like that and it hasn't been brought up until the end of the conversation, you know, like that's that's pretty
1: heavy. It's um so it's it's a lot like when I was listening to the podcast with uh with your uncle and like back in the day it was a different kind of era than it is now. Like, seems like it was more consistently gnarly things were happening. Like, like, I I just don't feel like I see too many, not that that's a bad thing. It's probably good that there's less violence and less people getting their teeth kicked in, but yeah, I I feel like we just grew up in a different era than it is now, or maybe I just got out of it too. I mean, I'm a father now, so I'm not hanging out (laughs) in these sketchy spots anymore and doing sketchy things
0: also um when there is consistently gnarly things happening i think that you might be jaded by them you know the universal you not you specifically but Uh if all of these crazy things are happening around you constantly then you become kind of desensitized to it until you get a little bit older and then you can kind of refer back to them or you're remembering and you know things like
1: that right right which it yeah it's a super good thing like Man, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you would, you're just dumb, you know. You should definitely learn what you've done wrong and what's, and try to improve yourself and and, and and uh be a contribution to society and
0: so I wanted to tell you this. Sure. So I'm I'm not sure if you know this. I'm I'm also not sure why you would know this. But every once in a while I'll ask the crude Instagram followers who I should podcast with and you are easily the most requested guest.
1: That's that's funny. I Man. wonder I wonder why. Why would I don't know. I don't see I don't know.
0: I think it has to do with you being
1: kind
0: of an old head in the skate scene in Fairbanks as well as like just just the way that you carry yourself right like you, you're you a cool dude you know you you just hang out and you're in the mix and then in addition to that you're bringing your kids along you know and now your kids are in the mix and they're all, all hanging out you're just not that dude over there you're you're you know
1: one of the crew No, oh, well that's that's good to know like a, I haven't outgrown I haven't I'm not the old guy quite yet I mean I'm probably the old guy but not you're the elder too old <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think in in 15 years it'll be interesting when my kids start infiltrating the the skate culture and give me a lot of pose around. So thinking about that, how
0: would you like the skate scene in Fairbanks to look when your kids are old enough to you know be the ones doing it?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I well, I would I would definitely like to see a skate park, a nice concrete park. That's that's really what I would like to see. And yeah, I hope, I hope they're doing it and being creative and, and just being different. I, I don't really have any worry that that's gonna be an issue just from watching them grow up. They're already individuals. Yeah, I, I would like to see skateboarding grow and it grow and grow and grow. And I think a lot of people can enjoy riding a board, riding this little wooden toy. I'd like to see a shop just like still alive and, and pushing the scene, a local shop. Yeah.
0: I can get behind that. Yeah. So as a skate elder, <laughs> what are some words of wisdom you can leave
1: us on? I would say don't give up. I mean, just because your your situation is different, like just because you have kids or or a, a job or something that's hold you back, like, I mean you gotta gauge what, what's important but it doesn't mean you have to stop having fun. You can still push around on board and and still keep at it. Yeah, I think just dedication. Keep going at it and you're gonna you're gonna get that payoff of landing bolts if you try hard enough. It's like gold mining, like if you keep on mining, you keep on mining, you're eventually gonna hit the get a nugget at least. And yeah, that's what I'm I'm psyched on is a roll roll away every now and again I mean it's been I mean I'm almost 37 years old I kind of gave up on getting a sponsor or anything I mean, that's every like kids dream you know I mean I gave up on that like 18 years ago or, or when I was 18 and yeah just recently I felt like people are sending me um, boards and like I mean I, I got to a point I was like man I don't even have money to be buying boards anymore so fair game skates, hooked it up, and then 49 supplies, sending me um, gear. And yeah, I think just keep going for it. And even if you don't make it somewhere, quote unquote, as long as you're having fun, dude. Like Yeah.
0: You know, I've heard that before where, you know, once you kind of stop caring about making it, to this end point and in this situation it would be, you know, making it to being a pro skateboarder. Once you you kind of stop pursuing it in that way did you notice that you were doing it for yourself again? That you were kind of like more revitalized and you're pursuing it for yourself?
1: Um, I mean, I, get, I don't think I ever, like, that was my whole goal was to get sponsored, but I was like oh, it'd be so cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I've always just kind of skated for fun and and as as long as you're having fun dude i mean sometimes it's it's good to have a goal like filming for a video part sometimes that's not fun actually (laughs) it's like oh my gosh it's so much work i'm just getting beat up but the payoff is good i mean the harder you slam the better that roll away feels you know
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: and i yeah i feel like i've taken some pretty hard slams and yeah and That's probably what keeps me hooked is that that roll away. Like, oh, dude, I finally got it. Like, sometimes it's so painful. But it's worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I mean, I don't know why. Like, what logical person? Like, oh, yeah, it's totally worth um, hurting yourself over and over and over again so you could roll away on, (laughs) on some wheels. That makes no sense at all. But I don't know. I think that actually just makes a pretty good metaphor for life. (laughs) Right, right. No, it does. You're totally right. Well, right on, dude. This has been awesome. Yeah, As always, I appreciate talking to you, man. Yeah, yeah. we have to hang out sometime soon. If you're ever up in the Fairbanks or uh, make it down there, let's hang out. Absolutely. Yeah, bud. You take it easy. You too. Later, Cody.
0: For more information about how you can support local grassroots journalism, go to www.patreon.com slash crude magazine. Crude Conversations is written, hosted, and produced by me, Cody Liska, for Crude Magazine. Music was produced by Alcota Beats.